Welcome back to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Kelsey Zeiser. I'm a senior editor at Light Reading. Hello, I am Phil Harvey. I'm also an editor at Light Reading. Oh, fancy seeing you here, Phil. <laughs> Indeed it is. Indeed it who, is. Who gave you this dial in? <laughs> yeah, right. How did you get on this podcast? How did you get here? Yeah. Well, today we're talking with a good colleague of ours, Mari Silby, uh, with US Ignite. Uh, about the Open RAN North America event that's coming up next week that you're going to be attending as well. Yes, indeed. Uh, Mari is the is a senior director at US Ignite. She she she's insisting that we say. No, I'm kidding. Um, but uh, yeah, she's she's uh, on a panel on um, Wednesday, December seventh uh, of the or no Thursday, December seventh. I think it's a Thursday. Yeah, Thursday, December seventh, and. Um, her panel is talking about scaling open RAN and um, the way you scale it is by improving interoperability and performance testing. And so uh, we talked to her about uh, what all that means and what resources are available and what, what the industry is waiting on to really cause open RAN to, um, I guess, accelerate and scale in North America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she talked about um, a lot of the challenges, um, such as uh, funding for Open RAN and also carrier buy-in, um, and and why it's really important since they're the ones that are going to be um, spending the money on what needs to be deployed. Uh, and then she talked a little bit about some of the things she's working on um, that were relevant through US Ignite um, work with the National Spectrum Consortium and also the Power Program. So we got some interesting updates there. Yeah, yeah, it, it, particularly interesting for folks who are in this space and are not sure where to go to find resources to, you know, learn more about what spectrum's available, what interoperability programs are available, where can I go to test this technology against this technology, and so on and so forth. Yeah. So with that, we will now hear from Mari Silvi with US Ignite. Hi, Mari. Welcome back to the Light Reading Podcast. Hey, Kelsey. It's good to be here. Hello, Mari. How's Hello, things? Phil. Things are good. How are you? Doing all right. Excellent. Well, Mari, you're going to be joining Phil um, pretty soon here next week, right? At the uh, Open RAN North America event. In yeah, down in, down in Dallas this year. That's right. Yes. Dallas-ish. Um, Ish. Oh, Ish. Right. That's right. You're you're a native, so it you know it's like saying I'm from DC, even though I'm yeah, technically in Maryland. Around, it's around Dallas. Yeah. It's close yeah. enough. We'll we'll have to link to the fill map of Dallas ish right. after this, so people can. Yeah. Well, I live in Fort Worth, exactly so, so I I really only know the Which western side of totally town. different, totally yeah. different from Dallas. Totally different city. Totally different culture. <laughs> um, have a you know, but uh, but just it's all good. We're, we're, we're all going, we'll call it Dallas and we'll all be in Dallas. So there we go. <laughs> yeah. Maybe It'll it's Frisco though. Might it make it in Frisco. There's yeah, something Fris- about that too. It's Frisco, yep. Yeah. So uh, you'll be speaking at the event as well. Is that right? I will. I'll be Excellent. there on a panel talking about um, testing and uh, interoperability for Open RAN. Very cool. So speaking of open RAN. <laughs> mm, smooth segue, Kelsey. Oh, thank you. I, I work on those all day long. <laughs> what do you feel like uh, the, the state of open RAN is in uh, North America? And, and what is the North American uh, market opportunity for open RAN? 
Yeah, well, I mean, we've probably could have had the same conversation about six months ago, nine months ago, 10 months ago. I, I would say that on the market deployment side, not a huge amount has changed. Obviously, um, DISH is deployed, but they're working with their own set of integrated vendors, and there's not a whole lot of visibility into how that's working. Um, and then there's other carriers that have deployed some technology that's open RAN compliant, but it's not necessarily currently interoperable or offering new features. Um, I think a lot of people are hoping for government funding to accelerate deployment, and that's not moved as quickly as most would like. Funding is needed because the government has defined this as a national security issue, but there's it's hard to get short-term economic ROI out of an open RAN transition. There's a lot of ROI in the long term with both supply chain diversity and the ability for people to innovate in the telecom network space. Um, but you know, in the short term, this is a transition and it requires investment. And we're still kind of looking for a little bit more of that. We've had some updates, I guess, from some government agencies, but there, there's still a lot that's uh, unknown and a lot of funding that hasn't yet been handed out. Yeah. I think for um, for the purposes of your expertise, we'll mm -hmm. kind of, we, we can skip over the next question we had thought about, which was sort of, we were going to we were going to ask you about what do these, what does the new, you know, newer RAN approaches sort of unlock for telcos in the way of either new revenue opportunities or operating efficiencies and stuff like that. And you hit on a couple of them. First of all, supplier diversity is a big one, um, you know, and then of course the operating model changes. Um, so presumably that, that would take cost out of, out of the network. Yeah. So I, you know, and you, you weren't going to ask me that. I wasn't going to ask it. it. If you have a comment on it, we <laughs> yeah. can take that. But what I was going to get to, what I was going to get to was actually the, the thing I think you're focused on addressing, which is one, one of the major challenges in the North American market for open RAN, which, um, you know, I would imagine one of the major challenges that you're focused on is, um, is, uh, interoperability testing and sort of uh, giving vendors and carriers a way to be on the same page about the technology. Yeah, that's certainly true. We've got to have carrier buy-in on the priorities for testing uh, and for interoperability and performance testing, but there also has to be some kind of organizing function to make that happen across the places, the labs and the test beds, for example, that can support it. Um, so that's, that's, you know, we're still again kind of waiting on the what's the funding for that look like, and then what's the what's the guiding force, or what where does that direction come from about how to make that happen industry wide, and uh, share the results where it's appropriate to share results so that people can continue to uh, improve and be confident in the interoperability and performance tests that happen, confident enough to be able to deploy new equipment in their networks, for example. So yeah, I think that's a that's a, a big challenge. Um, to go back to the other point, which I will just make a, a comment on in terms of what all of this does ultimately unlock, I, I would say that there's two things really. So virtualization is gonna be the big efficiency driver uh, and driver of, uh, also driver of new revenue sources. Um, but, and that's kind of separate from Open RAN or it's going to happen regardless of Open RAN. But by opening the door to new vendors, while that process happens, you get, again, the, both the 
supply chain diversity, and then also the potential for more and faster innovation. Um, but again, this virtualization piece, this moving it into software that we've all been talking about forever, is it takes investment first, and it's hard to it's hard to convince people to make that upfront investment. It's also where you get to again the exciting things, the uh, the RAN intelligent controller, which we're still you know we're still talking about. Hey, can you make this radio plug into this part of the network, right. and can you use different vendors for it? But Ultimately, we want to get to the point where we're controlling a lot of things in software, and we're doing that with this RAN intelligent controller. And that's really where the innovation will start to take place around how things are automated in a network, um, how things uh, may be driven by you know, AI and ML uh, engines, for example, how we might make things more energy efficient. Um, there's lots of innovation that can take place there. Uh, and the question is how open or not open that will be. Again, virtualization is one piece. It'll happen one way or the other on its own. The question is how open or closed uh, does that virtualization ecosystem become? And that's where open RAN intersects with that, uh, with that trend. Yeah, because to put it more crassly, I guess from the industry side is that everybody wants to own that Rick platform, because once you own that platform, then you get to set the agenda for how fast and how much these systems can innovate, I guess. Yeah. And it's funny, heavy reading. I, I did see, I'll give a shout out to Gabe Brown, who did a report where um, oh, they, yeah, they were looking at how, how Ricks are likely to develop and that it could be, you know, it could be all one side. It could be an open platform that everybody could support or submit apps to, or it could be totally closed where everything has to be pre-approved by the RIC control, by the person, by the entity controlling the RIC. Um, and according to the report or the analysis, heavy reading thinks the industry is most likely to adopt some kind of combined approach. And I, I agree. I think that's highly likely. I think everybody is looking to push towards more open ecosystems. And at the same time, incumbents want to keep things closed, but also high performance and saying, look, we've invested a lot in this. We know what we're doing. And ultimately, I think we're going to crack it open some, and it's going to be some, you know, somewhere in the middle of those two extremes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, that was kind of something um, to your virtualization point that we discussed with, um, I, uh, I took Spanish, so I can't pronounce uh, French <laughs> names. <laughs> Is it? Gilles. Gil Garcia? Jill. Jill. Okay. <laughs> Jill Garcia. Gal, Gal Garcia. I'm so sorry, Jill. <laughs> he's going to listen to this. And I know. He's, gonna hear, hey, he's on what my panel, world? so he's, I'm, I'm the one that's going to get the beating. So thanks. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> now that I've butchered his name, he did make some really interesting points about um, why VRAN is an important step to uh, open RAN. And he also discussed, you know, how it's different from cloud ran as well um so uh yeah finding a lot of those benefits in virtualization um just to start is really important since mari's a former journalist and since we have um uh, likely journalism people listening uh i will i will uh recap what just happened um so i announced that i wasn't going to ask a question i talked about the topic covered by the question then I asked another question, and then the guest answered the question that I never asked. Hey, to be fair, I that asked. Is, I answered the question you asked class. first. I know, and then I went back to the other one. But I'm just saying, this is this is you can't you can't achieve this level of Q and A. That's true. It's without true. without you know 
high degree of experience. This is this is just for pros. This right, is, uh, right. Nobody else should. Don't try this at home. The, yeah, just whatever, since this is. <laughs> Since this is audio only, I just want to explain that Mari um, has a cork board with some uh, cords behind her, and she's <laughs> connecting everything right. as we speak. So, she does. <laughs> yeah, she's, yeah. She's, this is what I do in my spare time. Every time I say something, she writes it down on a slip, a slip of paper, and sticks it up to the cork board, and then tries, yeah. puts a little red string around it. Yeah, luckily right. you could flip. She flipped it over when when Phil went off the rails <laughs> to yeah. start over. <laughs> When I asked my second question, she just chucked it right out the window. She didn't yeah, even do that. Took it down I need another board. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, I, I just, I'm uh, in a roundabout way making fun of myself for how clumsy I went through that. Anyway, I'll leave the next question to Kelsey so I can just stay out of it. <laughs> so what do you feel like are, are some of the challenges that, that still remain to open ran? I mean, you touched on uh, some of the, you know, especially funding sounds like a really big one. Um, and also that we've been on this virtualization journey for quite a while already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. So to go to the, the funding one, I, I mean, there's, there's money out there. It's just, it's the issue is, is directing it in some form or fashion so that, the people who are going to do the work to make this stuff happen have the the resources to do it. Um, I think there's been um, again there, there's movement, but everything you know in in government takes time, and we're always facing a potential government shutdown. <laughs> As somebody yeah, who lives here in the DC area is only too aware of. Um, so I, I yes, I do think the funding is a is a big step again because this is this takes investment, uh, and so that's where the government has to step in. Um, I think, um, I, I can't, ref can't remember if we mentioned this already, but I, I do think that we have to get, um, carrier buy-in on some of the priorities for the things that need to happen next. Mm -hmm. Um, there needs to, you know, this can't all just be defined by the carriers because you can talk about private networks, you can talk about federal use cases, et cetera. But the reality is the carriers are the, the national scale, national footprint scale. And so, Economically speaking, they're going to drive uh, a lot of the development forward because they're the ones who are going to spend money on either the equipment or technology that or software that needs to be deployed. So there has to be carrier buy-in, and uh, it's still not totally clear um, how that happens or how that factors into how the rest of this stuff gets developed and accepted. Um, so I would say that's that's. I know the carriers are, are trying to work together. There's a lot of stuff I think that's happening behind the scenes, much of which I'm sure I'm not even uh, privy to. Um, but that's going to be a very important, that, that's going to set the agenda. Um, so that's that's definitely a, a challenge we have to have to address. Speaking of agendas, you are on mm. the agenda at the Open RAN North America Conference on December 6th and 7th in Frisco, Texas. Indeed. And Frisco, I thought you, it was Dallas, or was uh, it Fort Worth? Oh, it's you know, it's in Dallas. If, if <laughs> you think of I Dallas as all cities <laughs> between Dallas and Oklahoma, I do, yes, I do, yeah. That, that's how I mean, that's that how whole, the people in Dallas do as well. That's yeah. right. Okay. Great. Very. Uh, uh, that's a very Texan way to do things. Where they it's uh, all roped off. Go, You'll see it. This looks <laughs> like our city too, you know. And then they take it over. Um, uh, let's see. So, could you give us a quick overview of the uh, uh, of your uh, your panel at the at the show? 
gosh, that would assume that I've actually prepared thus far. And we're a whole week out. So that seems to be assuming a lot. I mean, so, you know, it's, you know. A, it's, yeah, a, slow your roll, Phil. Taking a, a shot. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't even seen what panel I'm on, but I figured she might there have you done go. all the homework. There you go. Well, yeah, no, so it's, it, 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 the, it's a I panel. Mean, clearly, we don't even know quite where it is located. Right. So. As soon right. as we find Step the one. conference, then what will you be saying when you get there? <laughs> well, I will be on a panel about uh, testing and interoperability and uh, and probably performance testing around Open RAN. And I, one of the things that I'm definitely going to talk to is it's now been, I think, nine or 10 months since I worked uh, as the chair of a working group committee with the National Spectrum Consortium, where we did this survey of labs and test beds throughout the U.S. to determine where the capabilities exist to do some of the Open RAN uh testing that still needs to occur and testing and research. Um, and so I, what I'll probably do is give, you know, some updates as I know them about some of the, uh, the capabilities that have, and that continue to develop. Um, we, for example, have a significantly larger number of ODICs or open test and integration centers as defined by the ORAN Alliance than we did when that report first came out. So, uh, we have more of those. Those are essentially, you know, approved or blessed by the ORAN Alliance to say, hey, here's where you go to do your, you know, testing and research where Open RAN is concerned. So can certainly talk about some of that and some of the capabilities those places have built up. Um, I still think there's a, it's worth emphasizing the two different components of Open RAN testing that still need to take place. There's, there's literally the sort of commercial testing, interoperability, making sure somebody's RU radio unit works with uh, somebody else's CU and DU. And then there's the sort of more research component where we're looking at, okay, if we do move all of this stuff into software, what is actually, what are actually the things you can do? So how can you prove that it can be more energy efficient? Or how can you prove that uh, you can improve propagation if you do it this way versus that way? Um, one of the things that we're discovering, certainly, so I'm the program director for the Platforms for Advanced Wireless Research Program, POWER, and we run four test beds across the U.S. Um, and uh, one of the things that we have found is that um, there is a huge interest in collecting data on how um, RF spectrum is both occupied and how it's used uh, in terms of how efficiently it's being used um, by different, you know, you could try with different network equipment, you could be looking at different configurations, et cetera. Um, but if you're collecting data about the, um, about the RF environment, that's going to plug in very well into the ways you could be innovating on how the network operates, which again, as you move things into software, you'll be able to automate certain things, let uh, machine learning or the like determine um, how uh, how the network performs and how it decides where to connect and how and why. Um, mm -hmm. And again, those data sets, that's certainly one of the things that has uh, come up as being very, people are very interested in doing, collecting a lot of those uh, where that's feasible. Yeah. It's a new, it's an area where we don't have as much, uh, or we have an opportunity now to gather more data than we've ever had at that particular point in the network, which opens up a lot of, uh, uh, like you said, a lot of potential innovation or opportunities for innovation. In Thanks. That, area. that was, that was a lot more concise uh, than I, than I put it there. That was well, good. Uh, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know, uh, what you said. I just 
thought that's thought that's what you said. Yes, yes. There you go. <laughs> um, the the uh, yeah, this resource that you put together, uh, I think it was like this time last year with the kind of a it was kind of a a list of all the uh, places uh, that are active test beds. Um, is is that available online somewhere, or where where is that? Uh, yeah, it is. If you go to the uh, nationalspectrumconsortium.org. And then you go, uh, I think it's under resources. There's a whole, there's a, there's okay. a drop down for open RAN reports. We'll link uh, to it. Yeah. And if you go in there, that's, that's, again, it's about nine, 10 months old now, but it is yeah. still, I think, a, a highly useful reference point. Well, I remember perusing it when it first came out, because we were, we were sort of having this discussion about how, how many, um, uh, facilities and opportunities were sort how, how many resources were sort of out there that most people didn't really know about even people in the industry that were kind of um you know get people on the equipment vendor side and stuff like that you know they 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 just there's a there was an assumption they all had to do this inside of vendor labs and things like that but there are there are quite a few places where like you said you can do those two different types of testing um you know not just for technology uh, you know, does the technology work and is it commercially viable, but also, you know, for uh, testing for innovation or the potential for innovation down the road. And we have started to see, so NTIA has uh, given out some initial grants on the uh, research and testing side, research and development side of their wireless innovation fund. And that money is going to um, uh, some organizations, mostly academic, although not entirely academic, to explore very specific open RAN questions. And, you know, we have partners, for example, over at Northeastern University, um, who are also part of the power program, but also have their wireless institute uh, of the Internet of Things. And they are, they've gotten some of those grants. And I know their facilities are being used, for example, to support uh, some of their research, and I believe others as well. Um, and we've also talked to some of the awardees uh, among the power platforms about how the power platforms can support um, some of the grants that are out there uh, that have already been awarded uh, for research on Open RAN. That all sounds good. And we look forward to uh, <laughs> seeing you and hearing you at the Open RAN North America conference. Uh, Kelsey, any last questions or did I step on any points? <laughs> That's no, I just I look fi look forward to seeing that final corkboard uh, complete. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> where are all the red bits of I yarn going to uh, point? I will, yeah. will definitely also, add, uh, add the red string. Texas. So, Can she find Frisco? <laughs> Tune in next where week. in <laughs> the world is Frisco, Texas? Thanks, Mari. Thanks, Kelsey. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Thank you. Thank you.